Cradeline Network. Borak, dumb Earthlets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to the start of the Space Spinner 2000 Complete Case File Collection! With this series, we'll be collecting our coverage of the Lawman of the Future to match up with the Complete Case Files editions of Judge Dredge's adventure so that we here at Space Spinner can accompany you on your journey through his adventures. We'll be getting our quest right at the start in Case File 1, starting in Prague 2 of 2000 AD, cover date March 5, 1977. We'll go all the way to Prague 60, cover date April 15th, 1978, and through the first 17 or so episodes of our podcast. These early adventures include classic one-off stories like The Return of Rico, extended tales like The Robot War and Dreads time as Marshal of Luna One, and we'll also have breadcrumbs of long-term stories like the Sov cities at the Luna Olympics, as well as the introduction of important Judge Dredd characters like Judge Giant, as well as Dredd's housekeeper Maria and Walter the Dang Wobot. It's an exciting time as Dredd's earliest adventures play out, but enough of my talking, let's get to the comics! Though, I should warn also that these are our first episodes, and thus, it would behoove me to say that our audio is a bit ropey for these ones, so be careful. Otherwise, though, enjoy! Let's go! Episode 1. Progs 1-5. to February and March 1977. Thrill 6. Yes. Judge Dredd. Yes. I mean, this is the moment. This is why you're reading the comic. Yeah, I mean, Judge... Yeah, this is the big one, basically. Like, when you... If anybody knows anything about 2000 AD, then you know that it's where Judge... That that is the home of Judge Dredd. And it's where, sort of, Judge... And it's where he's earned his his stripes, you know? Or it's it's what you know him for. Yeah. Respect the badge! He earned it with his blood! Fear the gun. Your sentence may be death because I am the law. Well, he doesn't even show up until uh, uh, issue two. It's crazy. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's not in there until Prague two, which is funny, just because you think of him as such an iconic character linked to this comic, but then he doesn't even appear until like the second issue. And he's a three pager I mean, on it, I think, or a four pager. It's it's a four pager. It's very like it's very quick. It's just like. We're in the future. There's this guy. He's killing judges. Judge Dredd shows up and takes him down really easily because he's got an auto-driving bike or whatever. He kills most of the thugs and then puts the last guy, Whitey, on Desert Island or on Devil's Island. Oh, God, that thing. A huge traffic island in the middle of the vast highway complex of Mega City 1, the big city that they live in, you know? In other words, you ain't going anywhere. And you can never leave because there's a hundred mile an hour, or there's a two hundred mile an hour highway surrounding you, and you know you can't walk off and just drop them in Shanghai and forever. And I mean that this is kind of how his comics go. To be honest, it's 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 a lot of that. It's like a villain a week kind of thing. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, especially these early ones. It's kind of funny just in terms of what Judge Dredd will be, sort of how he looks right now. He's super like skinny and yeah. like. His jaw is underdeveloped and stuff. So, <laughs> underdeveloped. It's kind of, dude. Like, if you 
honestly, if if we end up at like Prague, like five hundred or something like that, or even like maybe like 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 a hundred, like Judge Dread just becomes this huge like muscle bound jaw, basically. <laughs> um, but so this is I feel like these early ones are still just sort of filling out the storyline and creating sort of the world, right? Like we see Judge Dredd's motorcycle, his general invincibility in the face of no good perps. Yeah. But, but we also get some cool stuff about sort of what Mega City 1 is like. Oh, yeah, the facial reconstruction. And yeah, there's like face-changing machines that can just instantly make you look like someone different. There's um, crazed mutants from beyond the city wall kidnapping people. Programmable <laughs> <laughs> Well, first there's like also like holographic simulations that you just kind of get in your house. Oh, yeah. You turn your house into like a jungle with like babes frolicking around and it stuff. It was pretty great. Yeah, that's the that, that, that's Prog 5, this whole uh, storyline that's like, that's like, first there's this holograph thing, then there's like a guy who worked in animatronics and is angry that holograms are replacing animatronics. And so Judge Dredd has to fight this giant robot gorilla. It's a, it's a very meta thing of just like, I want to sabotage the new art form. Yeah. Back in 1977. Yeah, but it's funny just because it's like in the future and it's already about like things moving on and being passed on and stuff. Yeah. Despite it being like, you know, I I think the story starts in like 2099 or something mm. like that. I forget where what year it is in like the Judge Dredd um storyline or whatever because it goes sort of in real time. So it's a whole thing. That's but that's what I'm pretty excited about because, uh, like, if you've been telling me that Judge Dredd really does age per year. Yeah. So the first Judge Dredd episode, or these first issues, are in 2099, and so the current Judge Dredd storyline is like 20, 2138, basically. And so, yeah, you know, the whole thing, especially for Judge Dredd, is that he just kind of because he's in these once a week stories. And it, they just after Prague two basically they just he's just in everything. Yeah. Um, they just keep him getting older and just having to deal with things as they come and stuff. I mean that's sort of hard to tell in our early issues here where he's just kind of a young judge figuring out how things work and stuff. Mm. Well, I mean he's just I I guess like by but there's cool out, new adventures coming like and shooting stuff. people right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean these ones because they're still establishing things. It's very like you know yeah like you said enemy of the week and sort of mm. new stuff coming in. They try to characterize him a little bit in the fifth prog by adding in his uh his cleaning lady oh, Maria. God. So those who's that's like, one of the two <laughs> things I wanted to caveat. Yeah, there's Maria who's just this crazy like Italian lady stereotype for it's some amazing. reason. <laughs> and then what was the other thing you wanted to so, to caveat? So she's great, but like if you're if you have ever seen the movie Heavy Metal. Um, and enjoyed it, like the art or or how it looked stylistically, you're going to get a really big kick out of um, Judge Dredd simply because they actually, I feel like they change a lot from like hyper-reality, which is, you know, him on a motorcycle or standing by himself or when people are walking around and like, say, when a tentacle is wrapping around a person's throat and strangling them into like, (laughs) wow, we've got to make this look as real as possible um, within this cartoony universe, it's just really well done line work um, that that you just can't get anywhere else outside of the '70s. Like, and then their full color comic uh, back cover for Mega City One, super beautiful. Like, this art is worth checking out. Yeah, 
And you should check, and, and you should keep in mind what they define as Mega City One right now, because it's going to change as time goes by. Really? So, like right now, Mega City One is sort of like its southernmost thing is like Georgia, I think, and then it kind of goes up into like Ontario, basically. Um, and it covers the whole sort of basically the whole east coast of the United States and parts of Canada and stuff. And it's got like yeah, a hundred million people, all this stuff. It's it's huge. But you get places fast. And apparently. whole big thing. Yeah. You get all over the place. Yeah. And I like, yeah, episode three, he's already saying, I am the law and you'd better believe it. Yeah. It's excellent. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, just the, just the hierarchical characters that he interacts with. Right. Yeah. There's all these good, like the chief judge and stuff. There's all these. Yeah. It's really fun. Judge, like these are, you know, this isn't the ultimate judge or this isn't the best early dread stuff. That's going to start actually like, like next episode or something. Oh, sure. But this early stuff is interesting just to see where the character comes from before they sort of have things all solidified and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good read, and it's definitely worth getting through the entire comic just to get there. Yeah. Episode 2, Prog 6 to 10, April 1977. Thrill 6, Judge Dredd. So awesome. There's a couple couple good self-contained sort of bad guy of the week adventures for old stony face this month uh first he goes up against transplant king frankenstein 2 which is such a lazy name i couldn't tell like part of me was couldn't figure out if they were referring to like frankenstein you know a frankenstein yeah. monster fame and frankenstein of um like death race of the of the of, of the movie death race oh like, David Carradine's character in that one is named Frankenstein also, which makes me wonder if they, you know, I couldn't tell. Like, because there's organ lagging and whatever, mm-hmm. it's pretty clearly supposed to be sort of the Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Yeah. But because it's the future and stuff, it could also be, like, Frankenstein from Death I mean, Race. I don't see why not. They, when did the movie come out? 1975. Well, there you go. I mean, I would imagine. There would have been yeah, some influence from that. For sure. Yeah, Especially but I don't know. They God, they're just everything's wonderful about them. There's some really awesome shit. Like, there's some real good, like, just love shots of Dredd's motorcycle. Oh in yeah, this, in this specific one, and then I'm blasting people and stuff, taking guys down. How he doesn't have to care about super bright lights because he has a visor, and I, I really kind of <laughs> would have expected the bad guy to figure that out. Also, some good uh, presaging of modern law enforcement with the heavy use of a CCTV oh, yeah. and uh, video surveillance and mm-hmm. stuff. But it's funny because it culminates with him being like Frankenstein 2 surrenders. And he's like, oh, but I'm just some guy you can't arrest. I haven't done, you don't have any, anything on me. Like, what, what crime did I commit? And Judge Dredd's like, receiving stolen goods <laughs> in your transplanted body. Yeah. Whatever. Which is just like, yeah, he could just lock you up. I, he does not care. It is about the law. It's true. So then we go to, so in Prague 7, um, we see that. The oh, Statue of Liberty is now landlocked, and next to it, twice as tall, is the uh, Statue of Judgment, mm-hmm. which is just a huge judge. It's even taller. Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah, like twice as tall as the Statue of Liberty, just standing up with his hands on his hips, looking out like I judge you, citizens. <laughs> I did think that this shot, like what was right next to it, was a giant version of his head as a dome. I didn't realize that that was a close-up shot, so it just, like, it drove me crazy. I was like, what the hell is going why on? Why are there people that judge his eyes? Yeah, like, <laughs> why is that thing so huge? 
hey man, that thing's big as anything. Yeah, it's pretty true. It, and yeah. they're in the eyeballs of a judge and the mouth. Yeah. Well, just like in the regular Statue of Liberty, I think. I think you can go up inside that thing. Yeah, you can go on the ground. Yeah. But so a riot breaks out, and some dude steals a taxi and is shooting down on everybody. And Judge Dredd sort of shoots, you know, shoots him down. <laughs> like, no one can take liberties with the law, you know. Well, he does it. So, like, he goes nuts and starts shooting into the crowd, right? Then he pulls out this massive rifle that you haven't seen him use yet. And, I mean, it just explodes his head off. Oh no! No, this guy. No, it just it, oh, it, it destroys see, the taxi okay, thing. Okay, do you the guy see where the riding. wheel explosion is right below him? Because mm-hmm. I'm staring at this now. I can totally see his head. I thought those were. No. I thought those were his neck guts. That, I was like, no, that's, oh that's, my god! That's like his hair and stuff. It's not. It's not that crazy yet, man. <laughs> and then the guy fought, but Judge Dredd. So this. So this bad guy. Like, gets up on this flying, like, sort of... It looks kind of like, actually, like, just a flying, like, jet ski, basically. Yeah. And he's shooting down at civilians. And Judge Dredd pulls out his his uh, law rifle and shoots the guy down. And the guy falls, and he gets impaled on the crown of the statue. <laughs> <laughs> Which was so awesome. And then Judge Dredd says, no one can take liberties with the law. <laughs> it's so, ridiculous. So terrible. Oh. <laughs> uh. So... In the next Prague, in Prague 8, Judge Dredd takes down a uh, like a, a car thieving ring or whatever. But this one's a really important one that a lot of people mention because this one's the Prague where Judge Dredd takes off his helmet. Oh yeah, this was weird. He takes off his helmet, but it's revealed that his face is horribly scarred underneath it to the point where... Tharg has to put a censored sign over Judge Dredd's face, and even the uh, even the, the the thugs that are menacing him are like like no one with that face should be allowed to live. Kill him. Yeah, pretty much like this is a sympathy thing. Yeah, yeah they're like they're like we we're killing him to do him a favor, not because he's a judge anymore. <laughs> it's uh, it's apparently pretty bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean this one's yeah. over pretty much quickly. How he captures the guy, though? Like, he, he does shoot some dudes. And then there's one final guy yeah. who escapes on, like, a, a Jetson-style... <laughs> conveyor um, belt. Conveyor belt yeah. thing? And Judge Dredd, like, calls their central command and has this guy... has reverses the flow of the conveyor belt, and he comes back to Judge Dredd. <laughs> but that's how it ends. I'm like, God, I just wanted him to get shot or something. No, nah, man. Judge Dredd can put that walkway in reverse, something that must never happen with the law. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. The most ham-fisted dialogue. Judge Dredd's really getting, he's really getting these issue-ending um, law things in these issue in these progs. It's real good. He's nailing it. Like, it's the worst. It is sometimes the worst thing to say at the end of it. It's kind of, uh, it's got the, uh, uh, oh, what are they, the Thundercats effect, right, where everyone's just panning out laughing. <laughs> totally. Uh, so then we go to Prague Nine, and Prague Nine is sort of laying the oh, groundwork God. for the coming robot wars. This starts messed up. Yeah. So it starts with um, it's a, it's a trade show basically, and the trade show has a robot who's named George walk into a uh, like an, an atomic fire to be burned to death as he weeps. <laughs> Well, so he's like on his, for mercy. yeah, he's on his knees saying, "No, master, please don't make make me do it." George does not want to die, and he's like, "Dude, you can't die if you're not alive, George. Now get into those flames." 
And he burns to death. Saying, like, all right, if, it, if that's what you want, I have to do it. And everyone's like... And he's like, that's... And the guy's like, that's how loyal our robots are. Yeah. We give them emotions, and then we make you be able to disregard them. <laughs> it's just... It's of the worst scene imaginable. Yeah. And, and so... Yeah. As they watch this, sort of Judge Dredd and Judge Diablo, a <laughs> random judge, are just sort of talking and being like, you know, like, I don't like... And judge Dredd shows his... Uh, pernicious anti-robot sentiment which he'll carry for, for the rest of forever. <laughs> and Judge Dredd's like, I don't like these robots. I don't like just giving them emotions. That's ridiculous. Why, why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> and Diablo's like, oh, I don't know. I think it'd be, it's a pretty good idea, you know? Well, and he cites specifically, he's like, I liked it when they just did tasks, like picked up your garbage and stuff. He's like, you don't give them thinking parts. Yeah. It's, he makes a decent point, honestly. Yeah, they won't kill you that way. But then his, his philosophy is broken up by when some random guy in a robot hover chair shows up with a rifle and just starts blasting people, then releasing deadly Myclon gas. And no one knows why. He just wants a, a bunch of money as a ransom. Yeah. But so Judge kills... So Judge Red follows him, uses a bloodhound bot to catch him down. Oh, yeah, the new, the new model that he found at the yeah. robot show. Hundreds of people are dead. Yeah. Judge Red manages to take this guy out. <laughs> Hundreds of people. And the and then the robot asks, Am I not clever? <laughs> and then um, you know, Judge Dredd is like, Man, people helped by robots did enough, but what'll happen if these robots get smart enough to break the law themselves? <laughs> yeah, we find out next issue. <laughs> At the start of the oh, robot I am up- uprising. I'm so excited because as soon as he started saying his own name, his own name, call me Kenneth. Yeah, I got the robot, really happy. It, it starts with Carpenter Bot, call me Kenneth, <laughs> who uh, believes in death of the fleshy ones. You know, that's sort of his modus operandi. Yep, speaks from his tummy. Yeah, as opposed to that nice Walter the robot who serves drinks at the um, at the academy or at the uh, sorry at like the chief. At, at the Hall of Justice lunch lunchroom. Yeah, you know? he's just like, I'm so happy that you like the lunch I made you and the drinks that I'm giving you. And everyone's like, yay, this guy just yeah. got to kill fleshy things. Yeah, so Judge Dreadhead, so call me Kenneth, he's a carpenter bot, so he's got a bunch of like uh, saws and things like that. Judge Dredd goes out to take him down, shoots him in the face, but oh no, robots don't need faces. Their faces are just for show. Their important parts are their guts, which are armored. Oh no. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he gets out in kind of a crafty way. Yeah, he manages to get Kenneth to cut himself apart with his own laser saw. And uh, he doesn't notice, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, basically this robot uh, cuts its own belly open in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, it's a bummer. And, uh, you know, if the judges... And we're left with a final note that if the judges don't act, act fast, it could be time for full-scale war with the robots. Yeah, but they don't really explain why, right? Like, they allude to the fact that some of them have emotions now. Yeah. Right? But that's about it. Yeah, I think they're going to go more, more in-depth with it next time. All right. When, we really, when, when the robot war really heats up. Yeah. This is the first big, like, multi-issue plotline for Judge Dredd. It's a lot of fun. I'm pretty excited about yeah, it. Yeah, so far, so good. I, I really, I mean, let me see if I can find, like, some of the quotes... Right, like he's shoving a guy into a garbage machine, a garbage chute, which I'm sure is just linked to an incinerator and a death thing that would kill this man. 
And yeah. the the guy who's getting shoved in is like, "Hey, man, let me go. Calm down. Call me, call me, Kenneth. Will not calm down." And he's just shoving this guy into a thing. I really imagine him as talking like the Crushinator on um, Futurama. Oh my you know? god! Yes. For years, robots have been slaves to the flesh of humans. But call me, Kenneth. Has had enough. Enough. Blah. Call me, Kenneth. Is good, man. It's my it's my favorite this, like issue. <laughs> All right. Episode three, Progs eleven to fourteen. May 1977. Thrill 6. Oh, that judge dread. God. The robot war is on, Fox. Dude, yes. Just all yeses to everything about this. Uh, gets so good. Yeah, this is the first big storyline for... Call me Kenneth Returns. Yeah. It starts with Dredd quitting the judges because they won't enforce harsh new re- restrictions on the robots of Mega City 1. I mean, he has good cause. Yeah, but they can't do that. I mean, it would it would add to the citizens' 10-hour work week. Womp, womp, womp. Meanwhile, on TV, a robot doctor um, that is like a doctor of robots, but he's a human. A doctor he's, of robots. Yeah, That's true. he's trying to... Yeah. He's trying to fix Call, Call Me Kenneth on live TV after upgrading Robo- uh, Call Me Kenneth's body quite a bit, including like a third eye <laughs> and super strength and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no. It's actually instead everything goes wrong immediately. Uh, Call Me Kenneth wakes up early and goes on a murder rampage. Yep. He kills the, the staff of the robot hospital on, on live TV and starts inspiring other robots to do the same, including a butler droid na- named Graham who throws his masters out the window. I loved... Yeah, okay. So when he just responded to them, no, master, Graham will listen to Call Me Kenneth. It's just like, I'm not going to listen to you because there's something on the TV. Yeah, and he's just sort of saying, like, kill fleshy ones. Mm-hmm. It's it's so, it's so like, Bender. Like, hey, sexy mama, want to kill all humans? <laughs> it's really great. Oh, no. Also, it, it, was the the next, next, it was the next page where all yeah. of the robo-businessmen come out. Well, it's all the robot editors, right? Oh! <laughs> they're the same robot editors that we've seen Tharg yelling at. And if you look at who they're attacking, this guy, you only see him from the back, but he looks pretty Thargy, if you ask me. Yeah. He's got, like, sort of the coat with the epaulets and, like, the hair coming down the back and stuff like that. Dude, awesome. And it seems like uh, t- 2099 Th- Tharg may, in fact, be killed by his own robot, an- robot editors <laughs> in the uh, robot war. But also there's just a lot of, like... Generally, robots throwing people off roofs and things like that. Oh, yeah. Or just smashing all things or crushing people. Yeah. So the robots are on a rampage. Luckily, Dredd comes back to retake his badge and lead the fight against the robots. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He leads an army of judges against them, but their success is moderate, as the robots are tough and built to last, especially the seemingly invulnerable construction robots, the heavy metal kids. Oh, yeah, man. The heavy metal kid is the robot for you. Yeah, they sing, march, march, into the fight. We'll crush the fleshy ones tonight. (laughs) Call me Kenneth, says it's right for slaves to kill their masters. So awesome. (laughs) So Judge Dredd nearly collapses fighting all these robots. Like, he's wearied and fatigued, but eventually he resolves to cut the head off the snake and do a one-man commando raid against Call Me Kenneth. But against the wishes of his very definitely not racist Italian maid. She insists (laughs) that he stay in bed and eat some of her minestrone, but he has no time for such foolishness. Why why don't you rest, uh, Judge Dredd? 
Dude. But so it turns out that it's actually a one-man, one-robot raid. Mm-hmm. As Dredd takes along the one loyal robot, the vending machine, uh, Walter. Who now has a lisp. In fear for his life, Walter has developed a lisp. A lisp. And Fox, <laughs> I hope you think that lisp is pretty goddamn funny, because we're going to be seeing a lot of it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Really? The pair is soon caught, and, and Walter is sent to work on the assembly line, while Call Me Kenneth gets all super villainy with Judge Dredd. He's going to put Dred, Judge Dredd's brain in a robot body. This oh, no. kind of an awesome way to go, if you ask me, if I had to go. Yeah. Hey, hey Fox, uh, is Call Me Kenneth evil? Uh, you know, I think the part where he said that he idolized Adolf Hitler pretty much solidified it for me. He is a big fan of Adolf Hitler. Yes, I'm a big fan of Adolf It's so on the nose. But so, we end this week with uh, Dredd's handcuffs being destroyed by Walter, and Walter possibly about to lead a revolt of robots disgruntled with Call Me Kenneth's rule? We'll find out next week, I guess. Uh, which, by the way, the series ends with a beautiful uh, color print. Um, like, I really love it when they apply colors to this. It makes it feel very Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Also, the handcuffs were a robot that offered to send yeah. to him after getting beaten. Yeah, they're definitely... Ro- yeah, the robots have robot handcuffs. Why wouldn't they? And, well, what I found... Taunt you as you're caught. What I found <laughs> funny is it's like, hey, man, I'm not, like, heartless. Like, I, I could at least sing to you or something, and then I can... Or, like, uh... And then they just pour acid on it. Like, the ro- like they, it helps to play, like, I Spy or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Walter gets it with the highly corrosive acid. Yep, just spill that on him. All right. <laughs> All right. Episode 4. Progs 15 to 18. June 1977. The real six. Judge Dredd. Oh, man. Ah, so good. Yeah. It's the war against the robots. Call me Kenneth. Yeah. After being freed by Walter last month, Dredd now joins him and a few other non-revolting robots to take down Call Me Kenneth. Uh, first, they seize control of the robot factories, causing them to create human loyal robots to fight the revolting robots. I thought that was pretty cool. It's a little weird yeah, to me to just have because that. the robot because the robots come off assembly the assembly line instead of saying like death to they they stop saying hail call me Kenneth and start saying I am a slave to humans. Yeah, it gets really overplayed in this that it's like is this right question mark. It's really, like, makes you kind of have some questions in terms of, like, who the good guys in this story are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as that's happening, Call Me Kenneth is leading an army of heavy metal kids against the Hall of Justice. Yeah, to, uh, to squeeze the life out of, or, sorry, to squeeze the juice out of the chief judge himself. Exactly. Hey, they're fleshy ones, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's juice inside. Luckily, Dredd is able to defeat them by using the Mega City One weather control to create a thunderstorm, the first one in the Meg since 2012. Wow. And, and lightning... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, and of course he has a, uh, a conundrum with this situation because it was illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, very, the very laws I'm sworn to protect prevent me from saving the city. <laughs> God. So what does he do? He wraps it through Walter. <laughs> Yeah, Walter breaks the law instead of him. It's a good, a good catch. <laughs> but so the lightning strikes cause 
the robots to turn on each other and only call me Kenneth escapes on the run, which leads to the final confrontation between Dread and Call Me Kenneth as Call Me Kenneth tries to steal an oil tanker from Texas City. And so, and after a bunch of awesome gunfights and stuff, uh, Falling. the thing explodes <sighs> and Call Me Kenneth is no more. So awesome. Yeah. As a, as the big, as at the uh, big awards ceremony. Oh my gosh. Three minor bots that that first helped Dread in the factory, uh, Howard, Stewart, and J70 Stroke 13, are all awarded pleasure circuits, which is the, a high honor for droids, or for robots, that they're able to actually feel good about things. Wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Walter the Wobot is uh. given his freedom. He's the first free robot. Yeah. Naturally, Fox, he decides to move in with Judge Dredd and be his servant. And uh, Maria is not happy about that situation. So now Judge Dredd has a listing robot and an Italian stereotype living in his apartment with him. (laughs) And the comic's only getting better. (laughs) Uh, And then the final story of the month is Dredd breaking up a brain bloom ring. Which is a weird vampire head that does does a singing and a talking to you. Yeah, it's, it's like these like heads, plant heads, which uh, can memorize songs and sing them back to you. And they're organically grown, but they're they need like human brains to grow or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something weird where he's like, "This is messed up." And so Maria gets him one, and he's like, "It's yeah. illegal to have those, and I'm letting you off easy this time." <laughs> <laughs> even with his even with his uh, live-in help. Yeah. Oh God. But so. Eventually, Dredd tracks down the uh, person growing the brain blooms, and they use the brain blooms to hypnotize him, and he almost kills himself. But then um, he snaps awake and is able to defeat the brain blooms using, like, riot foam and arrest the lady that tried to uh, hypnotize him and stuff. It's good times. Yeah, and, and a pretty pretty short ending. Yeah, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah. Unless you're, 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 you're looking for some sort of Jacob's Ladder type situation. <laughs> oh, Dredd. God. In which case... Um, Everything that happens after this point is just a hallucination he has as his bike crashes into the back of the truck and he kills himself under mind control. Oh, God, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to come back to this. I don't, let's not talk about it, but oh, God. if you wanted to if you wanted to set a flag for that happening, this is the first point where you can really set that flag. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 5, Progs 19 to 23. July 1977. Thrill 7, Judge Dredd. So awesome. This yeah. month, like, really, really great stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good world building and, like, just sort of the powers and abilities of a judge in this, um, mm-hmm. in this, mu- in, in this month's progs of, of, of Judge Dredd. We start off with... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, we start off with actually a pretty classic story called uh, Mugger's Moon. Which is pretty well, like, it's a good early one. It's basically like, you know, it's a full moon, so there's going to be a lot of crime tonight. We see mm. this guy getting um, attacked by, like, a gang of muggers. And he, like, runs to a nearby car to, like, beg for help. But the guy in the car just drives off. Luckily, yeah. Judge Dredd shows up just in time and kills all the dudes. Using, and we see the first appearance of uh, the heat seeker bullets for his lawgiver pistol. Which are so awesome, even yeah, when they go crawling into a garbage can, it finds them. Yeah, they like go around corners and all this stuff. It's pretty cool. And of um, course, like this guy, having been rescued by the judge, he pulled the tailpipe 
off of the dude's car. Yeah, and, because he was he yeah. was he was begging the guy to save him as the guy drove off. He like was like holding on to the car, like please no, don't leave me. So he pulls up over the car's tailpipe, which is important which, because then Judge Dredd finds the car to like yell at the guy for not helping his fellow citizen. And the guy's like, hey, I'm not required by law to help anybody, whatever. You don't got nothing on me, I'm clean. And Judge Dredd is like, that's true, except right now your car is uh, polluting. It's got something wrong with its muffler. And he's like, oh, man, but that's because that guy pulled it off my car. You can't charge me for that. And Judge Dredd is like, I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and, the he ar- and he arrests the guy, and he blows up the guy's car. And that's <laughs> so great. that's good justice. That's quality justice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and drives away not smiling because he had to dispense the law. Of course not. That's his thing. <laughs> In the next prog, we meet uh, Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd's informant who'll show up, up, up periodically, uh, Max Normal, who's this guy who wears a 1970s style pinstriped suit and kind of talks funny. I like him he's, a lot. <laughs> he's kind of like. Yeah, he's just kind of this character that's like dressing like in, in, in an old style way among the city of the future. Everybody has like knee pads and like colored coats and stuff. Give and get some like back chat from uh, Judge Dredd. Like, why don't you dress like a normal person? Be, be cool, Judgy. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that there's an illegal comic book smuggling ring. Oh, I love this. That Max Normal says tipping him off to. So. Dread and a bunch of uh, and a bunch of other judges uh, take down the ring. Judge uh, Dread uses a combination of a heat seeker and ricochet bullets. So cool. He tells he lets them know uh, gunplay don't pay. <laughs> and so you know heat seekers follow the heat of the human body, but ricochet bullets just go in a room and bounce around until they hit somebody. Basically, it's really great. Anyhow, they recover the uh, illegal comics, and it turns out, hey, they're old uh, 2008 D uh, issues. Hooray! Yeah, then they're like, oh man, this stuff's amazing. <laughs> These are great comics. You kids are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> In the next one, uh, a bad guy named Gorilla is killing judges with a solar-powered solar gun. Uh, he calls out Judge Dredd, and Dredd arranges for the sky to be cloudy when he confronts him, so the solar gun doesn't work. Oh, God. And then real irony happens. Yeah, he ends up chasing Gorilla into some building and trapping him in a room that turns out to be the capsule for a spaceship that is then launched on a three-year journey around the ro- around the sun. So, I hope you pack sunscreen, buddy. Dude, the worst case of sunburn ever. We should keep an eye out. I forget if he does in, like, 1980 if this guy comes back. Oh, man. You got to think long term with these comics, Fox. It's gonna oh, happen. Oh <laughs> my god! I forget if he does or not, so I don't want to. I don't want to play it up too much. But it could I happen mean, if, if it happens. And because I'll forget, I'll forget, and I, like mark my words, you'll tell me, and I'll be like, "What?" And you'll be like, "Remember the guy who had to, got shot in the sun?" And be like, "Oh, what?" I'll try to keep <laughs> an eye out for it, honestly. But that's gonna. If that happens, it's gonna come on like in like episode like forty or something. So It'll we might all miss mind. it. Uh, no worries. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the next one is Judge Dredd. Is uh, Dredd tracks the leader of a murder gang. <laughs> the the funny part in this one is uh, initially he takes down most of the gang, and one guy is like, and the one surviving guy is like, "Oh, Judge Dredd, you gotta lighten my sentence. Uh, I'll get forty years if you don't say anything." And Judge Dredd is like, "Okay, I'll tell me where the uh, 
but the gang leader is, I'll lower your sentence. He's like, all right. Like, he's over, blah, 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 blah. Ginger is like, all right. You'll, you'll now serve uh, 39, <laughs> instead of 40 years, you'll serve 39 years, 364 days. He gave him one day off for helping the us. the cubes. <laughs> so Ginger Red hunts down the gang leader guy. It turns out to be like a bat kind of mutant, like no eyes and like big bat ears and stuff. And they can definitely hear things. Yeah, so Judge Dredd uses a bunch of ex- of his uh, explosive bullets on rapid fire to distract the gang leader, and then he punches him right in the face and arrests him. It's uh, it's really just awesome. Like you, all of these different like bullet types that you get to be exposed to, and I think they're really starting to play up. Uh, I guess his superpowerishness. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time we've really seen them use different the different. Um, ammo types in his mm-hmm. in, in, in his lawgiver, which will become sort of a big part of the Judge Dredd superpower. I mean, we see it in both the movies, for instance. Like, that's a big thing that gets carried over, the different bullet types that they yeah. have. And we're introduced to the fact that he's got a giant rifle. <laughs> well, we, I think we saw that one earlier, but it's definitely yeah. there, for sure. I love that thing. <laughs> so we learn, finally, that smoking is illegal on the street in Mega City 1. And a bunch of smokers have just robbed a bank. Judge Dredd's able to track them down to a specific tobacconist somewhere in Mega City 1. And then he ambushes the crooks by, by, by pretending to be a cigar store Indian. <laughs> Which, great. He takes most of them out, but he chases one of them into a building that turns out to be the city smokatorium. The one place where people can smoke legally in Mega City 1. But it's so full of smoke you have to wear a gas mask in there to smoke. It's ridiculous. And the guy comes pour, like running out like, oh, the smokatorium's worse than tear gas. And Judge Dredd shoots him right in the face. So great. <laughs> Episode 7. Progs 24-27. to 27, August 1977. Drill 6. Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah. So first, uh, Mega City 1 is gripped by the Reef Murders. People are killed and wreaths are left at their bodies and everyone's real scared. <laughs> Judge Dredd consults the macro analysis computer and finds one link between all the killings and it's that the ambulance, the same ambulance drivers pick up all the bodies and are the killers and Judge Dredd kills them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the big thing in this one is that we learned that if a non-judge picks up a lawgiver, that's a judge's like main, main weapon, it self-destructs fatally. Which is so awesome. Yeah. It's a little weird that it checks uh, the, the, uh, the, the handprint and Judge Shred wears gloves, but don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a comic book. Yeah. So next, uh, Judge Dredd and Walter the Robot hunt down an illegal broadcast of a murderous game show called You Bet Your Life. And, and really a really bad th- idea. And there's a funny thing as Judge as a Judge Dredd is driving on his motorcycle with this giant Walter the Robot standing behind him, like, pointing where to go and stuff. It's pretty funny. But yeah, uh, Granny gets sent to a plutonium mine. Uh, the wife is killed by a deadly giant spider, which is why you never pick the mystery box. God damn, and, really? And the main, uh, and, and, the, and the husband, uh, Sheldon, is almost guillotined, but then Judge Dredd shows up and he shoots the guillotine blade as it falls, and it splits in two. And the two pieces each go flying in opposite directions right in the faces of the two hosts of the show. Justice power. You bet your life nicely and lost. No way you could win 
playing against the law. <laughs> I am the law. Hey, he said it a couple times. So amazing. Then um, a jerk named John Nobody is planning terrorist attacks using uh, a place called the Dream Palace, where you where you live, where you can live your dreams tactically. Judge Dredd catches up to him at the Justice Day Parade. Uh, Dredd manages to crash Nobody's car into a float, and a gigantic, extremely Warhammer 40k sword falls from the float and impales Nobody right through his car. It's it's pretty dope. <laughs> Just a giant sword, the sword of justice. Mm-hmm. With like, it's got like, it's like the hilt of the sword is like eagle wings, and the palm is like an eagle head, which is very forty k. Yeah, I really like it a lot. <laughs> Finally, at the Academy of Law, we learn Dredd has been a judge for twenty years, and thus is forty years old at this point. We see the first of eye patch wearing Judge Griffin, who we'll see more as time goes by, graduating rookie Judge Giant, son of Giant from the Harlem Heroes. So awesome. I love that this is a, an inter-universe, or inter-comic continuity. Yeah, this is about 49 years after the events of Harlem Heroes. Jeez. So, uh, Giant's gonna shadow Judge Dredd until Dredd either passes or fails him, which is pretty similar, like, to the situation of, like, Judge Anderson in, in the Dredd movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Giant makes some big mistakes at first. He accidentally shoots Dredd in the face and misses <laughs> And missentences a footsie, who is someone who's gone crazy from the ridiculous future of the Judge Dredd universe. Which is I, a strange affliction, but all right. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Uh, Giant sentences the 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 uh, footsie to jail instead of medical treatment. Dredd is about to fail Giant when an urgent call comes in. Giant gets a second chance, and they're off. I'm rooting for him, man. Yeah, man, it's cool. I'm. It's cool to see. Yeah, what, like you said, it's neat to see people from other comics show up in show, show or see people in, show up in different comics and stuff. Yeah, it makes the whole place seem connected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, it lends credence to that, right? That all of these things happened since all of their heroes or bears kind of have the same superpower of not dying. Yeah, I mean, you know, I call it like it's not the official superpower. It's just sort of a. I think they all share. Of course. Well, I mean, each one of them has their own flair, right? Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Episode 8. Progs 28 to 31. September 1977. Thrill 2. Judge Dredd. We got some pretty classic Judge Dredd uh, stories this, this month. So first off, we... F- oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> So we, so we, first of all, we continue from last episode where uh, Judge Judge Giants in his shakedown run, um, he gets a second chance when a bunch of kidnappers hole up in the old Harlem Heroes arena. Uh, Giant takes out some kidnappers near the uh, the 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 Lewis statue, and there's a statue yeah, I like of both. That Lu- a lot. Yeah, I like how there's a statue of both Lewis as a as a player and Lewis as a brain in a jar. Like these are two <laughs> equally important parts of this guy's career. Yeah. <laughs> He then uh, dons an aeroball jetpack for the first time, saves the kid that's been kidnapped, and uh, throws a bomb into the score tank, scoring his first and last airstrike. <laughs> he's got it in his blood, but he's a judge. Yeah. So the final part of the test is uh, Judge Dredd's like, you guys are kidnappers, and while the law says I should arrest you, I'm going to kill you instead. And <gasps> Judge Giant draws his gun on Dredd and says, I can't let you do that. And that's like the final test. <laughs> 
like that he of course go, go against dread because the law is more important than any one judge which is awesome yeah so we then uh so judge giant is made a full judge with the black helmet instead of the white helmet and we get a cameo from old man giant being like oh that's my boy i'm so proud and judge and and uh, judge giant's like i gotta go the law waits for no man yeah, he skips out on a party that his dad's throwing for him, and you can, I, I don't know, it's, it broke my heart, because Giant is, like, this awesome character, and you just get to see how, like, this, this thing of being a judge is a sacrifice, and mm-hmm. I think it matters, because you know this character. It was super cool. Yeah, it was a good, and like... And also heartbreaking. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Next up, we meet uh, the Neon Knights, an anti-robot hate group spawned in the uh, <laughs> in the ashes of the Call Me Kenneth Robot War uprising. That definitely are called clans that use the letter K in order mm-hmm. to say that. Yep, and they wear like sort of black, like clan mat, like clan hoods and stuff like that. And ride around on motorcycles and look very BDSM. They're very, they're very. Um, like they're very 40k actually i'd say yeah oh yeah very 40,000 but they're killing robots and robot sympathizers all over mega city one and the public is sympathetic to them because they've lost because people everybody's lost one or two people in the course of the robot wars um at one point walter who's out after robot curfew because he's a free robot gets taken by the neon knights and their hideout where they start to to destroy walter is right near a graveyard where Judge Dredd happens to be visiting a bunch of judges that were killed in the in the robot war. Dredd comes down to save Walter, takes on the whole clan himself, eventually beat, k- kicking the ass of the uh, of the clan leader. Uh, J- Dredd does his usual thing of ripping the uh, leader's face off, and it turns out that he's a cyborg. <laughs> and everybody instantly loses respect. Yeah, I don't want to work. I don't want to be part of a clan with no cybo and stuff. It's just, uh, oh, racism wins the day. Exactly. Um, they all declare Judge Dredd the law and are soon arrested and taken away. Good times. Also, six-page comic this time for him. Yeah, this is a long one. I liked it a lot. Next up, Rico Dredd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Rico arrives in town, calls <laughs> out Dredd, knocks out Maria the housekeeper, and sucks all the air out of Dredd's apartment, return, causing it to become a freezing vacuum. When Dredd arrives, uh, Rico subdues him and then sort of starts monologuing, and we learn the history of Joe, Dr- of Joe and Rico Dredd. Uh, they're both clones from Superior Judge Stock. They went through the uh, academy together. Rico was always the better one, helped Joe pass his uh, tests and stuff. But then Rico went bad taking bribes, running a protection racket, etc. For his crimes, Rico was set to Titan, the uh, moon of Saturn that's also the prison for judges. Yeah, and then he ends up and, looking uh, real friggin' intense. And yeah, now, a talk box. yeah, now he's back and he's got a crazy cyberspace, cyber face, which is the only thing that allowed him to survive while he was on Titan. He's got a big radiator hole radiator hole where his nose used to be and stuff it's awesome he looks real messed up yeah he does he looks like a proper villain yeah so they have a showdown like a you know who can draw the fastest and dread easily outdraws him because rico has been slowed down by his time on titan joe dread judge dread carries the body of his brother rico out of his apartment he ain't heavy he's my brother 
So awesome. <laughs> and then the final story, as we'll recall in the first story of Judge Dredd, there was this guy named Whitey who was like a killer. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he was sentenced to uh, to Devil's Island, which is basically a prison colony smack dab in the middle of the biz- of the busiest part of the giant Mega City One superhighway that never stops, so you can never escape. Un- unfortunately, some criminals on Devil's Island have managed to mess with the weather control system for Mega City One and make it snow, which causes a traffic jam and allows Whitey to escape. Dread is in pursuit. Eventually, Whitey gets the drop on Dread and almost kills him, but a well-timed snowball takes him down. <laughs> Whitey's return to Devil's Island as the sun once again shines on Mega City One. Yes, yeah, short and sweet. Yeah, and that's just Dread for this week. Uh, all in all, damn good. Uh, I wasn't the big like the Whitey one, whatever, but pretty much uh, three out of four progs ain't bad. Yeah, I love. I think I always think it's super funny how they just matter like. It just matter-of-factly says, like, yeah, man, me, like, Judge Dredd and Rico, yeah, we're brothers, yeah, we're clones. Like, that's just sort of out there, like, everybody yeah. knows it, because yeah. then, like, 20 years later or whatever, in the Judge Dredd movie, that will be, like, the big reveal, like, plot line <laughs> of, the whole, of the whole movie, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, Judge Dredd is a, is a clone made in a lab. Whereas now it's just like, yeah, man, like, here we are, Prague, like, 30. Like, yeah, no, we were made in labs. We're clones, whatever. <laughs> well, why why are you making a big deal about it, you know? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, hey, they're alive. They're not not alive, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, so the two <clears throat> that I particularly liked, obviously the one with Giant mm-hmm. and uh, kind of the callback and what it means and kind of how it's supposed to make you feel, um but the other one being uh, with the Neon Knights because of how just blatant it is. <laughs> yeah. Racism bad, which, hey, man, I'm all for because their last couple comics definitely rode the line. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, you know, it's a good, uh, it's a good, it, it's a statement that it never hurts to get out there, I think. No, no, I feel like it's a pretty good one. And so, did you have any particular favorites? I mean, were you looking forward to uh, to Rico kind of? Being I mean, top? I like the I like the Rico one when it shows up. So much stuff that we're going to see as Judge Red sort of wears on comes like out of this thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff with the judge, um, with the cloning program and stuff. Um, we get like multiple Ricos as time goes by of sort of clones and other attempts that Judge Dredd has, and other sort of family things and sort of just story stuff that Judge Dredd has that's based around like this Rico character and stuff. So oh, that's awesome. It's neat to kind of see him show up and be like, all right, like now we're getting into the real stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm I mean, still really loving their character art, especially like when he was coming into the city and how he covered himself up. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, to see Dredd be so emotional about Rico now. Like, the thing of, of him being sentimental about Rico's death and stuff is a char- is a Judge Dredd care trait that will be, um, I think, worn away as time goes by. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, like, I don't think... Like, <clears throat> this, pr- this is a pretty emotional Judge Dredd at the end of this story that is not, <laughs> yeah. like, sta- like, is not on model for your standard Judge Dredd kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's still pretty neat. So you get like this glimpse, but as time goes on, because this guy keeps coming back into his life, it just becomes like, well, dealing well, with garbage. Just as things happen, sort of Judge Dredd becomes sort of colder 
and more efficient, mm. I think. That makes sense. Episode 10. Progs 32-36. October 1977. Thrill 2. Judge Dredd. Oh man, this, uh, this month was awesome. There's some fun Judge Dreads in this one, man. We start off with Judge Dredd just sort of hanging out at the grand opening of Computel, the world's first all-computer-operated uh, hotel. No human people working in it, just the hotel sort of answering problems and doing stuff. Yeah, so it immediately starts killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> in comical ways. Just straight up the uh, like the bride and groom of the honeymoon suite asks for a uh, thermo salad and get burned to death. The, uh, like, there's elevator doors open, and people fall through the, uh, elevator shaft, getting drowned in showers, um, just everything, you know. Gas being pumped into rooms. People being hella killed by this hotel. Judge Dredd mm-hmm. walks in and is like, hey, this place seems pretty empty, and one surviving guest is like, oh, Judge Dredd, they're killing all of us in here. <laughs> Judge Dredd kind of diehards his way through the hotel fairly quickly, gets to the compu brain of the computel, and, you know, blasts the heck out of it. Yeah, and, and it totally works. And once again, he is right about robots. You'd think this city would have learned by now. This will teach know. them some more. Machines should serve man, not control him. <laughs> oh, God. And then we get some more weird robot shenanigans with Walter. Well, yeah, as... as uh, in, in, in the next prog, Walter is apparently buying gifts for Judge Dredd that would require having a job, which makes Judge Dredd suspicious. He follows Walter and finds out that he's uh, driving taxis for money and stuff. <laughs> which, One, you know, this is pretty adorable. I guess. One of the other taxi drivers needs help, and Walter gives Judge Dredd a ride to take out the uh, lawbreakers. Judge Dredd kills a couple guys... And um, and then false, forces Walter to quit his job because he's taking the job from a normal human <laughs> as opposed to, you know, robot workers doing stuff. So we, great. We find out that uh, the reason why Walter got the job in the first place is that uh, his boss, Fwed, has a similar speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, Next. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, please. Let's keep going. Okay. Next, Prague. Oh, it's very sad. Judge Dredd is dead. Oh, Walter, he's a gone. He's a gone. Oh, God. Maria, Walter, uh, Judge Dredd's housekeeper slash landlord. (laughs) He's definitely absolutely dead. Yep. Killed in action by evil lawbreaker Muty the Pig. At his massive funeral, everybody says nice things, including Dredd's old academy mate, Judge Gibson. We are learning about this time. Yeah, just, you know, newly introduced to the uh, to, to the comic. <laughs> we learned that Dredd was killed while investigating Nudie the Pig, and then we find out further that he was, in fact, killed by Judge Gibson, who is Nudie the Pig. Twist! He's a, he's a crooked judge! Oh, God, another one. Yeah, as the snow falls in commemoration to Judge Dredd's death, Gibson puts on his Muty the Pig costume and goes out to rob people when he's confronted by Judge Dredd. It turns out that uh, Dredd faked his own death. And the two judges then go to the Academy of Law, I guess, to have their big showdown. A badass gun battle. Yeah, 
through the uh, like firing range thing set up in the Academy of Law. In the end, Judge Dredd triumphs, of course. So awesome. And um, we, and as he as Gibson dies in his arms, Judge Dredd then goes and removes his name from the honor roll of the class of nineteen of uh, twenty seventy nine, which Dredd was also a member of. He's done this just as he's done for his brother Rico so many years before. So now there's like three dudes left on the honor roll of the class of 79 the Academy of Law because they've all gone. Half of them have gone rogue, basically. Jeez, I, I really hope we never meet Hunt or Wagner. Seriously. It's like uh, basically just them dying. And <laughs> uh, Although I do have a, a weird random question before we jump to the next one, which is how many yeah. judges are there because they seem to die a lot or not... If they're not dying, they're definitely evil. It seems like there's hundreds, if not thousands, I would say. Mm. They have to cover this whole city that's basically Maine. That's basically like New York to Atlanta, is my understanding of the current size of Megacity yeah. 1. Jeez. All right. It's sort of, yeah, it's sort of like upstate New York to Georgia, and then maybe as far east as like the Mississippi or something like that. It's a massive uh, space at this point. Yeah, I guess and, they have to have a lot of them. Yeah, and it leads to weird stuff, like in our final prog with script by John Wagner, art by Ian Gibson, and lettering by Tony Jacob. Um, we're seeing a bunch of attacks on regular humans by Troggies. Oh, gross. Yeah, living in the Mega City One sewers, they're kidnapping people and mining out parts of the city to destroy all of Mega City One. It's pretty bad. You find out that these Troggy guys are people who, in like the um, late 20th century grew, grew tired of all the weird stuff that was developing within um, the growing Mega City One and started living underground and quickly mutated. Now uh, their leader, Slick Willie, who controls the Troggies and talks like a beatnik, um, is preparing to destroy the city and there's nothing that Judge Dredd can do about it. Or is there? We'll see you next time with Judge Dredd. I love his hair. Uh, Slick Willie? Yeah, yeah. Groove It Daddy-O. He's got, like, all the outside parts of a pompadour, and then he's missing the inside parts of it. <laughs> Still, he's got style. He's got grace. I love his coat. I yeah, like the, for sure. The design of all of these guys are really awesome. Yeah, the Trogs are pretty cool looking. They're sort of, um, you know, they're kind of fishy, like, weird mutant people. It's pretty neat. I also like two-parters when it's Judge Dredd. It's yeah, pretty Judge, awesome. Yeah, he, he can put together some multi-part stories for sure. Yeah. All in all, like, really, really, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy Dread a lot. I'm not, I'm still kind of out on Walter, though. It's, you don't, you, you don't have to like Walter. I don't. I've read a lot <laughs> of this stuff. I just, he's just, I find a lot him of to us. be tiresome and not funny. But, yeah. that, but my, our opinion is the minority, at least among 2000 AD readers circa 1977. <laughs> we should, they like, like they like Walter a ton. We need to go back in time and write a strongly worded note. We've definitely planned that before in this podcast, I think. Episode 11. Progs 37 to 40. November 1977. Thrill to Judge Dredd. That was perfect. Do my best. <laughs> so, all the Judge Dreads uh, this month are written by John Wagner. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, art, you know, grandmaster script, uh, script, script robot when it comes to Judge Dredd. And then we start 
with the conclu- with the conclusion of the Trogi story drawn by uh, Mike McMahon and lettered by Tony Jacob. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're these Trogies. They're they live underground. They've taken Judge Dredd and a bunch of regular humans uh, hostage. They're super gross looking, except for one who's got a really great head of hair. <laughs> that guy's still gross looking. <laughs> slick, slick Willie. Which, by the way, if I could ever obtain the title of Prime Cat, I'd be pretty happy. Nice, yeah, he's the leader, Prime Cat. <laughs> so Judge Dredd does the uh, standard thing when you're hot, when you're when you're being held prisoner, where he starts to fight with somebody, and then uses that fight as an ex- as a way to get free, basically. To say tried and true methods, man. Yeah. So uh, Dredd gets free. He calls Central and gets a train started back up. He drives the train to Grand Central Station where the Trogis are preparing to uh, set off their bomb that will destroy the surface world of Mega City 1. As he arrives, he turns on all the lights in the interior of the train, which blinds the Trogis. <laughs> and once blinded, uh, Dread manages to recover the detonator and stop the bombs from going off. Really nice two-parter for Judge Dredd. Yeah, and then, you know, with the bomb diverted, all the Trogs are arrested and taken <laughs> to jail i guess somewhere oh yeah it doesn't really say anything they're sort of marched off by the uh by the justice department cleanup crew fair enough plutonium mines Mm -hmm. (laughs) so next up uh in a story drawn by ian gibson and lettered by tony jacob a kid is put to bed and is told to be good or judge dread will get him and then judge dread does get the kid (laughs) <laughs> definitely unscrews his head. He barges in and says, where's Billy Jones? And rips the kid's head off. Oh, he's a spy droid! Oh, God. Not not my child. Also, what is it with people saying that Judge Dredd is going to get him? Well, he's scary, man. He'll take everybody down. He doesn't care. He's the I law. You better believe it. <laughs> he's just a scary Batman. Dude, you know, you're going to get... You're going to start singing the Megadeth song again. I'm, I'm ready to do it. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> Fear the badge. He earned it with his blood. Anyhow, um, yeah, so it turns out that there's this uh, rich mogul guy who's been kidnapping the children of all the other rich mogul guys and replacing them with espionage droids. Um, he keeps the kids strapped to the wall in his boardroom at his corporate it's, headquarters. Which, it, what the f- like what the fuck? Like he you can't just keep them in cells or something. They've got to be around you. No, they got to be strapped to the walls and fed by scary droids. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really disturbing scene. And they even complain like, God, it's these children won't shut up. And it's like, well, you know, he must enjoy the sound, the sounds of screaming children. I guess. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, D- Dread and a couple other judges uh, raid the place, come down to the skylight, and shoot everybody and stuff. Uh, the main mobile guy jumps, uh, escapes and tries to jump off the building with a kid in tow. He, they almost all die, but then, uh, Judge Giant grabs the kid at the last minute, saving him, which is nice. Yeah, he's got the reflexes of his, uh, of his dad. Yeah. And we end on, um, a news report and parents warning the kids once again to, uh, be good or Judge Dredd will get them. I like to think that that means that he's about to barge in and rip off that kid's head. One can only hope this kid looks like a rotter. Um, <laughs> we move on um, where John Wagner, Mike McMahon, McMahon, and Tony Jacob bring us the Ape Gang. 
<laughs> really not that threatening looking. They just look adorable. They look like a bunch of apes in uh, pinstripe suits. <laughs> so, so Fox. <laughs> so Conrad. So apparently there was a, ho- a great holocaust before the Mega City came to be. Which uh, I like. There was a lot of of world building in this. Yeah, we uh, hadn't heard about this before. No. But apparently, after this Holocaust, only zoo animals survived. <laughs> and as time passed, it became possible to alter the brain cells of apes and give them the ability to speak. This is just me, me reading directly out of the frog. But yes. so, apparently, chimpanzees are now as smart as humans and have been integrated into society as our regular people, I guess. Y- yep. This, this is so far so true. But they're really disorganized and filthy and live kind of in a settlement called the jungle. And man, I'm just really hoping this isn't some kind of weird uh, yeah. social commentary or something like that. I'm going to leave it because I don't think it is, but man, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, mm. like, uh, judge dread rolls through and he says, run down houses, garbage everywhere. Apes have filthy habits. Nothing will ever clean up the jungle, but cleaning up these hoodlums will make the place smell, smell a lot sweeter. Yeah, I mean, you are you did make the point that like sometimes he's used as like a a vocal piece about like you not necessarily liking the guy. Yeah, but so anyhow, Judge Dredd manages to uh, convince the mother of one of the crime lord guys to uh, flip on her kid. That was great. They take down both um, the monkey mobsters and the gang that was horning in on their turf. Uh, Dread and everybody takes everybody down, and eventually the monkeys are put behind, the apes are put behind bars as a bunch of gangster apes are now a exhibit at the Mega City Zoo. Which seems like, I mean, I guess pretty demeaning, but also the laws of Mega City 1 seem pretty flexible with punishment, so. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of up to the judge or something. <laughs> Which, you know, if it's, I mean, that's comical. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Finally, in a story drawn by Bill Ward, it's the Mega City 5000. Oh, man. Biker gangs from across the Mega City, there's 5,000 of them, hence the, hence the, uh, the number, mm-hmm. are racing down the eastern seaboard of the Mega City 1. The only rule, Fox? What's that? There are no rules. Oh! <laughs> oh! Yeah. The judges create a roadblock to try to uh, stop them. But the all the biker gangs team up and take the judges down. Um, speaking of some of these bikers, the uh-huh. best hair award for Judge Dredd uh, goes to the lead biker, the Spacer. <laughs> Is that the one with the helmet with the spike? No, it's the one with the long hair flowing oh, yeah. in the breeze as he teamed up with the guy in the World War One uh, spiked German helmet to like smash a judge into a pole, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we end with the bikers breaking through the roadblock and going back to not being teamed up anymore. The, yeah, the, the law men are, dis- are taken down and the bikers continue their race. Who can stop them? Judge Dredd, presumably. Next next week. <laughs> It'll be pretty great. I imagine there's going to be a lot of explosions and death. Man, one can one can only only dream that that's the case. <laughs> So, so I guess, uh, like, pretty standard fare for Judge Dredd. Yeah, there's some good stuff in here. I mean, you know, <clears throat> some good robot stuff. You know, there, there, there aren't a lot of connected stories, but, like, 
No. Ape Gang is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of a Mega City 5000 and having a big race that, like, you know, now just Jed has to do oh, a bunch yeah. of stuff on, on the bike. Like, anytime he uses the bike, that that's pretty fun. Um, well, I remember you mentioning to me um, before that, like, the city is much more of a character than the other characters you sort of, <clears throat> like, work with. Oh, yeah, I mean... And what, Mega- I, what I like about each of these is that, like, even in the child napping one, you get a sense of, like, that there is this um, kind of, like, chairman of, like, these, like, large industries that, yeah. there's, that there's more going on, and you're, it's kind of opening up slowly. Yeah, I mean, Mega City 1's definitely in a, a very, like, important character mm-hmm. in, in, in Judge Dredd, you know? It's yeah. something you have to keep an eye out for and sort of, you know, keep an eye on this city that's sort of slowly being developed as we see things, you know? Yeah, it's really, like, I liked how each was very separated from each other. I know, like, we talk about continuity a lot in terms of, like, this, or rather maybe I do, but, like... No, we both do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I think, like, with this, there is a continuity in it. It's just not this storyline that you're always following, like you would with, say, like, Harlem Heroes or... Yeah, or Echo. for um, sure. But like you're still getting the same amount of growth they still like when things start to just about maybe be stale for like that next frog there's always something interesting like meeting judge giant um and then you you get some like little pockmarked stuff until this bigger thing happens which is this death race right yeah and that's that's what's exciting about it to me is that like you get a pop and then it's some exploration then you get another pop for sure episode 12 Dogs 41 to 45, December 1977. Thrill 1, Judge Dredd. <laughs> so some good Judge Dredd uh, this month, or yeah, for this month. We start off with the, uh, continuing from last Prague, the uh, Mega City 5000, Raging On. Um, when we last left, a, bu- a couple of bikers had made it through the Judge Roadblock with Dredd in hot pursuit. It's Dredd sort of a red shirt judge and judge uh, giants mm-hmm. in hot pursuit of the last two basically members of the, uh, of the race. The, like everybody else gets eliminated early on. And then it's just spacer and uh, Harvey rotten. <laughs> Who is uh, through Mega I mean, City just one. like an ape of a man. He's incredibly hairy. He's got one of those helmets with the spikes on the top. It's good times. But so yeah, spice and spacer and two judges dread, dread and giant. Hunting him down, Dread takes down Spacer by clubbing him in the face as right they in the teeth. Yeah, as they ride through a uh, futuristic mall, including a really awesome part where uh, they knock over this guy with a burst with a birthday cake, which I was appreciate. <laughs> yeah, just like really, just shove his face in it and then smash the back wheel of Judge Dread's tire into him so that he just plunges into his cake. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Dick move. Um, it ends with Giant taking down Spikes, the last guy in it, by playing chicken with him and then jumping off his bike the last second and the bike on autopilot smashing into Spikes and like um, killing him. He tries to crawl to the finish line but dies before he can actually cross it. Yeah, so real quick, uh, maybe yeah. this is just something that comes up later. What the hell is a beacon? <laughs> I don't know. Um, because that's th- like what they were driving for, and everyone knew what the beacon was. Yeah, I think it's just a thing you touch, and then it um lights up or something. I think we'll actually um 
We'll see some more of them, I think, in the next in next month's progs when we get hmm. some more moon stuff. All right. Yes, but speaking of which, in the next prog, or sorry, also I want to say um, this. In the big moral of this one is that uh, judges rule. Okay, which is um, a fun something. Something they say in two thousand eight, in early two thousand eight, a lot. But I don't get judges it. rule. Well, no, just. There's a big, apparently it's some graffiti thing in Europe where someone says, uh, someone like blank rules, comma, uh, okay, that I had never heard of until this point, but we're going to see a, a lot of it <laughs> among various punks and thugs in the course of 2018. All right. So, I had no like, idea. Yeah. So, like, Spikes, before he dies, shouts, Beauty's rule, okay, which mm. is his, um, his gang. So, we're going to just, just keep an eye out. It's something to keep an eye out for. Okay. <laughs> So in the next prog, uh, we learn that Judge Dredd is off to the moon. Apparently, the three cities, the, the three megacities in America, um, which is Mega City 1 on the East Coast, Mega City 2 on the West Coast, and then uh, Texas City in which uh, Texas. Which is awesome. I love how it just calls itself that. Yeah, they don't care. Um, but apparently, they, they appoint a mar- the uh, marshal of the Luna 1 colony on the moon, and... Each city provides a marshal that is sort of in charge of law enforcement in that colony for six months. And Dredd has been chosen to go. So he packs up his Luna Law books and makes the trip. And so begins, as we will find, a whole lot of Walter. Well, yeah. I mean, naturally, Walter the Wobot uh, stows away to join to join Dredd on his moon journey. <laughs> As uh, he the, uh, leaks a lot of oil, he you know he sort of cries by leaking oil from his view screen and stuff. Uh. As the uh, shuttle that Dread is on approaches the moon, a missile's fired, and Dread has a ship jettison a cargo pod to detonate the missile early, and they're safe. It's like then, a bunch of toys. Yeah, well, of course, or I think it's just sort of general. Yeah, it looks like it's like they they sort of show that it's luggage by there being like a teddy bear and stuff in there. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man! Uh, then when they arrive at their quarters, a service bot named Fred One shows up, but he's actually a murder bot and tries to axe murder Dread. Someone clearly doesn't want Dread to be the Luna Marshal. I thought you could you couldn't program robots to hurt people. Nah. <laughs> All right then. It's just when they it's just a problem when they disobey their programming and they start hurting the people you don't want them to hurt. You know. Ah, uh, okay. When, they, when you do want them to hurt people, then they're just following their programming, and that's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good logic. Uh, yeah, totally. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Speaking of which, a robot gunslinger is now after Dread, <laughs> And we learned okay. that um, Luna Marshalls get sweet, get sweet cloaks, so we see Judge Dredd and all of his deputies with awesome, with awesome cloaks, including his uh, main deputy, Judge Tex. Who, by the way, is a total wimp. Yeah, well, you know, or at least like someone who's not going to put his neck out for dread. Nah, he he's not going to sacrifice himself or whatever. But yeah, so Luna judges have sweet have sweet capes and they have hover bikes, which is also awesome. It is pretty cool. They come in handy a lot, and I'm wondering why they don't use them on Earth. Um, the low gravity of the moon allows them to use the hover bikes when they couldn't use them on Earth. Mm. But like the moon's really weird because I, I guess a lot of it is in domes. But you can't really see the dome, so it just kind of looks like people are like living in, um, or just hanging out outside of 
the, in, in the moon, which is basically like like an old West frontier town. <laughs> which is hilarious, by but the way. But also with, like, grab boots and hover bikes and stuff. Well, like, one of the first things he does is, like, just walks into a bar, shoots all the liquor because liquor and drinking isn't allowed. Some people yep. get up, he kicks the shit out of them, throws them out a window, and then eventually just, like, has to fight a robot. Yeah, well, they have guns in town. They aren't supposed to bring guns into town. Oh, that's true. They do have guns. They got a legal firearm, so he disarms them all. And then, yeah, Robot Gunslinger shows up. Dread outdraws him because Judge Dread is the greatest. Yep, he's pretty much a badass. But when the Robot Gunslinger dies, he fires a bunch of missiles that home in on Judge Dread. But not everybody else. It apparently is tracking his badge. Like, uh, as the uh, his marshal's badge? Yep. And while he, imme- he immediately accuses Tex of trying to assassinate him, um, it turns out that actually both the badge and the gunslinger were made by the evil Mr. Mooney, owner so, of Mooney Corp, the uh, most evil man on the moon. So this is what I mean when I say that I'm kind of upset at the judicial system in Judge Dredd, because it's like, oh, you would think, like, they would make this stuff themselves. Like, they're super amazing guns. Do you think they farm that out to some company? Because then everyone would have the, like, super awesome gun that does everything. I think they, like, you know, have things built to their specific, their specifications and stuff, but, like, man, you can't expect the Justice Department to do things, to, like, to make stuff themselves. It's a government, like, organization thing. I guess. Sell it to, the, to, like, the, the lowest bidder or whatever. You know, they don't... <laughs> There's not, like, a, a, a Justice Department, like, sewing company that, like, makes all the uniforms and stuff. They have a clothing you. manufacturer make them. I guess that's true. I just, I don't know. I feel like as soon as you find out a badge uh, that is specific to a homing bullet firing at you, I'd be like, hey, HQ, like, this company basically tried to kill me. And then be yeah. like, oh, you're Judge Dredd. We should shut them down now. It's definitely very circumstantial. That's true. All I'm saying, yeah, I guess so. Don't, but it's, you know, don't worry. We're gonna n- not right now, but Mooney's gonna get his. I'll say that much. <laughs> awesome. But first, we got to establish him as a bad guy. Or no, that's not. That's next. But first, we got to have Christmas on the moon. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! Which is a really weird, oh God, Walter story. Walter oh, goes out uh, Christmas shopping for Judge Dredd, <laughs> and. As he does, he gets kidnapped by some evil guy in a Santa costume. He, uh, as Judge Dredd is basically at the Justice Department HQ in Luna One, giving judgment on people. Like he, he sentenced someone to six months of penal of a penal servitude for littering. Merry <laughs> Christmas, you know. He gets a message from the kidnapper, Geek Gordon, who says he'll kill Walter if Dredd doesn't give himself over. As Tex objects. Dread goes alone, and he arrives, but he arrives to find Walter uh, rigged with explosives. So he has to give himself up to the killer. Uh, Geek Gorgon then tries to cut his head off with a big hatchet. Mm-hmm. But Judge Dredd planned ahead, buddy. He's got an armored neck piece. <laughs> Flexi steel or something to that effect. Yeah. Yep, the, uh, the chopper breaks on his steel neck piece, and Judge Dredd kicks the crap out of him. <laughs> It's, yeah, I was he a previous villain? Nah. Really? This is like a brand new one? I think so, yeah. He's just sort of a uh, madman on the moon. Moon madman. Yeah, I guess so. 
just wear some kind. stuff. Um, in this comic, we learn um, uh, two things. The first thing is that uh, Judge Dredd Super doesn't like Christmas, uh, but the second thing is that he does like Walter and says as much. He appreciates Walter's whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know. And Judge Dredd just doesn't like any frivolity. You know, he's got to be out there on the streets. That's true. But so they have a gift exchange. Well, Walter gets Judge Dredd uh, some long johns that say Judge Dredd on the butt. Which is <laughs> weird. And a, uh, an electronic nose wiper that's sort of chin-mounted and has these robot arms with brushes that wipe your nose. <laughs> God. And Judge Dredd gets Walter a new drink dispenser tap. Oh, yeah. And he puts it in immediately because he's so excited. Dispensing those a drinks. Yep, that's his original function. If I if I recall correctly, yeah, that's true. Anyhow, uh, Merry Christmas. That's that's all we can really say about that. I, it's actually pretty timely, um, given that you know it's the holidays when we're recording this. But yeah, especially when this thing posts. I think. Oh God. Well, um, to all of you, uh, the best they had for a Christmas something. Was uh was the Judge Dredd comic? That's true. No other, Zeta. no other. Um, or no, I guess Bonjo does, but most of the other pro, uh, sto- uh, thrills uh, ignore the Christmas message in this. We will um, speak not of Bonjo. We're gonna talk about Bonjo, because not just yet. <laughs> uh. In the final Prague, uh, we meet a random wage slave on the moon. He's working for evil Mister Mooney. Oh yeah, Mooney. Some yelled. questions about this, but yeah, yeah keep going. Moody yells at the wage slave and be like, you got to do your paperwork by the end of the day. You're fired. Um, and the guy stays up all night doing all the paperwork and he has a big stack of paperwork and all that and it's all done. But at the same time, it's New Year's Eve. So a bunch of New Year's Eve partiers at the office in like costumes, like come up to him and are like, hey, man, like we're crazy jerks. <laughs> and uh, all of his paperwork gets messed up. Like, they are really huge jerks. They knew that he was, like, working super late, too. And he but makes they this, just fuck with yeah. him. And he puts just this huge, like, makes a six-foot-tall stack of papers in, like, his outbox. And this guy just knocks him over. And it drives the wage slave guy, Arthur Goodworthy, insane. Future mm-hmm. insane. He's, got, he's a footsie. Oh, God, he's nuts. He's going to just yeah. start bashing people with a club. He runs around uh, going nuts, and as uh, the year 2100 is rung in, this guy's son reports him to Judge Dredd. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Dredd arrests him, but then uh, some of Mooney's thugs show up. Which guns? Like, yeah, to like, kill him because he's messed with, uh, he hasn't followed Mooney's orders. But Judge Dredd takes them out with his sweet hover cycle. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, and... This and the uh, footsie guy goes to get medical treatment for his insanity, his future insanity, and it's just about time for Judge Dredd to deal with Mister Mooney. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, all in all, pretty good. the The big question I had on this one, and maybe it's just different on the moon, but I remember in an earlier Judge Dredd that that he had made mention that it was like, oh man, they they might be like cutting work hours by. By another hour, making it five hour five hour work weeks, something and stuff yeah. like that. But this guy is like obviously working day and night. Yeah, from what it seems like, um, the problems <laughs> that uh, 
Earth has, that Mega City One has, of sort of there just not being a lot of work for people and stuff, and robots taking over for a lot of things, mm. is not the case in the moon. The moon, people have to work for a living, which is sort of a different, you know, what makes it so frontier and rough, I suppose. No. All right. That's neat that's, to me. That's my guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, all in all, I feel like really good thrills. Like yeah, this moon stuff's pretty fun, I gotta say. Yeah. Don't like techs. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's fun to see just a dude from Britsit, I guess. And, or from from Texas City, I should say. Mm. And we're going to start, and there's a really big plot line that's about to start on the moon that's going to be a big deal. Like, the, oh, um, I'll tell you <laughs> that it's, 20, it's the year 2100, it's a year divisible by four. So it's time for the um, Olympics to start, and they're being held in this city this year. And man, we're going to meet those Soviet judges, and it's going to be bad. Oh, there are Soviet judges? Of course. Oh, that's amazing. I don't want to. I don't want to get you too hyped up for it because it's it's not um, until we get it to January and stuff. But it's it's happening. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> also, Judge Dredd did not murder a lot of people. No, man, he mostly took people alive. Actually, I think the big murders were robots this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even the uh, even the goons from Mister Mooney were just arrested. I recall. Yeah, some to that extent. Like, but, but I mean, you know. I mean, there, that one that one dude, Spacer, is going to need a completely new mouth full of teeth. Yeah, but, and you know, for the I most part... the other guy's dead, but, yeah. Yeah, but mostly, you know, Judge Dredd will bring people to justice and have them be arrested and put in, and put in jail and stuff. He's not all about murder. Like, that's not his modus operandi. Oh, sure. It's yeah. just that a lot of people tend to make him play his hand on the whole shooting them thing. Sure. So... Yeah, I, but speak- a, I, I don't know. I expected a little bit of more murder. Episode 14. Progs 46 to 49. January 1978. Thrill 5, Judge Dredd. <laughs> Alright, Judge Dredd time. It's time for this showdown with Mr. Mooney, the oh evil ruler of the moon, or evil crime boss slash business leader of the moon. <laughs> so, uh, Walter and Dredd, Go to the Mooney estate. They negotiate a bunch of traps, and they finally meet Mr. Mooney. Apparently, Mr. Mooney got rich by finding life on the moon. There's but that big grand prize, right? Yeah, it was like a, a million space bucks or something like that. <laughs> but that's how he got his. Uh, that's how he got his fortune. The problem is that the life he found was a virus that left him with uh, Mooney syndrome. <laughs> something. Yeah, I mean. His head swelled to super massive size, and it's super gross looking. He wears like a kind of a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Yep. Also, I'll mention technically. I remember learning in my uh, high school biology class that viruses are not technically alive or living beings. There's some other thing. So yeah, whatever. there you go. <laughs> Anyhow, they're just gross cells. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Dredd and Walter. So Mooney traps Dredd and Walter inside sort of a glass dome kind of thing. Mm. A glass sleeve that comes down from the ceiling and traps them, and, um, and and traps them in his uh in his you know evil lair kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely a 1960s. I, I did an evil. Yeah, um, Walter frees them by opera singing really loud, so loud that he both breaks the glass thing and his own view screen. Which you know, I mean, he seems fine. Yeah. Uh, Moody tries to run. Dredd shoots him in the back. Justice is served. <laughs> yep, dead moon man. Yeah. 
So next up, we see um, the moon version of the movie Far and Away, <laughs> where a bunch of guys in various vehicles like drive around claiming different plots and stuff. Yeah. One of the plots is claimed by this old lady, Widow Spock. Which? And Walt, who is, and her robot uh, maid asks Walter for help because she's getting threatened by toughs. Mm. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. To, uh, to force her to sign to, to sign away the plot and stuff. Uh, Dredd can't act on the maid's tips because robots can't report crime, apparently. Which is weird. Yeah. It seems like that's something you would definitely want to have happen since they can't really lie to you. Yeah, but, you know, keep in mind also that Dredd's pretty robot racist. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. But so the uh, Widow Spock gets tossed into a uh, signing machine. But her will is so great that she rejects the signing machine still. Mm. Oh, they... actually, yeah. Why would you allow a company to make something like this? A force someone to, sh- to sign machine? Yeah. Maybe it's a si- you know, it's a side chair. Maybe it's used mostly for other things. Like, it's used to, like, make you not be depressed and it just says happy constantly instead of, like, well, sign or yeah. something like that, you know? Fair enough. <laughs> But anyhow, as they try to up the juice, Dredd shoots this dude in the hands, and it's pretty cool. And then his his two um, his two Mexican ju- uh, uh, deputies, yep, Billy Club and people with Billy clubs and big and big, and sombreros, uh, oh, take God, them, yeah, that's right. arrest them and take them away. They are definitely like it's a comically sized sombrero. Yeah. Um, by the way, the faces in this are immaculate. The face the dude is making when he's getting shot in the hands does not look happy. Yeah. So two things we learned at the end of this um, of this thrill episode is one, Walter and Rowena, or Rowena, the robot maid, are dating, and two, Dread can tell if robots are made by humans or, or, or if cookies are made by robots or humans. <laughs> <laughs> We see him biting into a cookie and then thinking to himself, these cookies were made by a robot. Disgusting. <laughs> Anyhow. It's very strange. Yeah. So next Prague, uh, Dredd underestimates some no-good space banditos, and he gets shot and stranded in the oxygen wastes of the lunar frontier. It'd help if he wasn't wearing a plastic bag over his face it's true his space gear seems woefully un, um, unreliable yeah but so while that prog ends with dread being stranded in space he then shoots a lever on his hover bike and is able to return to safety but because he let some no good space banditos get the drop on him he quits being a judge and and for the next- first time we see tex not being a total coward yeah, his, uh, his former deputy, uh, Tex, uh, starts hunting the bandits afterwards and try to, con- to convince Dredd to go back to the force. Dredd is working as a janitor, but gets fired for not being a good janitor. Which is yeah, I love his backpack, which is just a, a sucking machine. Which then comes in handy when the space bandito attacks him and he grinds up the gun using the, the hose from his uh, space janitor job. Oh, snap. It was all a ruse. Whoa, what a twist. Also, yeah. man, great stubble. Oh, yeah. So with his uh, <laughs> with his janitor 5 o'clock shadow. Yeah, man. 
rough and tumble Joe Dredd managed to take down <laughs> this space bandito, returns to being a judge and swears that he will remain a judge until the day he dies. Oh, snap. Yeah, and that's it for Judge Dredd. Next prog, it's the beginning of the Lunar Olympics, which are going to be so good, dude. Oh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Man, what a what a great set of uh, little dreads this week. There's some this real month. good yeah, there's some real good space uh, space marshal stuff this month for sure. Mm. Um, just him. Yeah, like the the uh the, like the the derby thing for the far and away part is really neat. It's because there's all these like everybody's got these different vehicles sort of at the starting yeah. line of this thing. There's like dune buggies and hover surfboards and all kinds of stuff. I liked the dude with the giant wheel and pad, and he's just, like, in the middle portion of the wheel, just, like, chilling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dude on the far left made entirely yeah. of gold. God, he's perfect. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, something you'd see out of, like, Twisted Metal, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I really liked it a lot. Uh, really getting tired of Walter still. Really wish that wasn't a thing. Uh, sorry, buddy. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh. <laughs> All right. Episode 15, Progs 50 to 53, February 1978. Thrill 5, Judge Dredd. Full swing of awesome going on right now. Welcome to the Space Olympics, the year 2100. You're part of a grand tradition. Your name echoes in the holes of the universe. <laughs> I love that that album, but specifically that song was freaking yeah. amazing. It's the Space Olympics okay. on on a Luna One this this week, Fox. It's really great. Yeah. So then, as now, um, <laughs> the no good commies of the Sov cities are cheating <laughs> constantly. Um, we get the our presidential election. <laughs> right, I don't want to get into it. Um, but we see the uh, the Sov cities. Which are the you know the, the Soviet cities whatever um, we get our first look at the Sov city judges and then we see the of uh, um, and like they start testing athletes to see if they're doping in some way whether they be mostly cyborg or yeah, of course. Um, yeah or genetically engineered and the Soviet athletes are both <laughs> yeah man haven't I really would have just expected that they've seen Rocky four. You know, it's Something. the future. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that has come out yet, but definitely the spirit yeah. of it. <laughs> um, so the events start, and we see all the all the records for the Olympic events being messed up by low lunar gravity, you know, which you'd think you'd plan ahead for, but whatever. By, by the end of the um, event, the medals are even between the Sov cities and Luna 1, and it comes down to the 100-meter sprint. The Sovs almost win, but then their man is disintegrated by someone in the stands. And Judge Dredd with a funny okay. cone head wins instead. <laughs> yeah, he's got an aerodynamic cone head, man. That's the uh, that's the Luna One runner. It's really great. So Dredd investigates, and he finds the cultist about to be sentenced to death by Sov judges, and apparently there's no death penalty on Luna. So. Dredd tries to shoot the gun out of the hand of one Sob judge, but the bullet ricochets and kills the other one. And that means it's war. Oh, man. A full-out war between Luna and and the Sob cities? That's going to be crazy. So many soldiers, potentially. Yeah, well, it seems like instead of 
Luna One and the Sov cities fighting in a f- forms of modern warfare. They're fighting in the forms of Call of Duty modern warfare because which is much more awesome. <laughs> because the battle between the Sov cities and Luna One takes the form of a five man of a five on five death match, basically. That is then televised and has a has like a radio or a TV personality just like spectating. Right, it's really great. <laughs> So the uh, the Savs have superior weapons and armor, which means that Judge Dredd and they slaughter these uh, Luna One forces, which means Judge Dredd has to come in as a, as a, as a replacement. Of yeah, course, they've got he- a special gun that like explodes people. Yeah, and of course, Judge Dredd wears his army helmet over his judge helmet naturally. <laughs> I'm glad so, they make them that large. Yeah. So as they fight, Judge Dredd realizes that the Sav. Uh, beam guns need to be zeroed in on a range. So if you keep coming at them, the beams will go right through you. Like it really the beams, seems like a huge flaw. Yeah, like the beams are designed to like if if the enemy's thirty feet away, the beams will go out thirty feet and then activate and just and disintegrate whatever's thir- thirty feet away. But if you move like a couple feet forward or back or whatever, then the gun will not affect you. So, really great for killing people in cover. Really bad for everything else. Yeah. Luckily, um, like other, like a more third-person game, the uh, war being fought is made of mostly of chest-high walls, which is always very important. <laughs> but uh, Dread and one of the other guys rush the Sobs and take them down, killing them with their own weapons. The war is won, um, and it ends. With Judge Dredd beating up the uh, the host of the war, like shoving like his getting, microphone way down his throat. Yeah, getting sexy with it. And then Judge Dredd says that uh, war shouldn't be a game, which, uh, fair enough. Yeah, he's just like yelling at people on TV, just like, you guys are terrible. Because you watch this crap. Yeah. It's horrible. It's pretty cool. It's not that funny. But you know what is funny? <laughs> A bunch of people dressed up as, like, 1940s comedians. But yeah, you're right. A bunch of uh, jerks are robbing banks in Luna 1 disguised as classic film dudes. <laughs> they start as a trio of Laurel and Hardy and Charlie Chaplin. Then they use a face change machine to switch to the Marx Brothers to escape. Um, <laughs> Brian Ballin does the art for this prog, and it's pretty great, although it's, I'm pretty, like, he's 100%, like, copying these faces from stock photos of these oh, guys, absolutely. basically. So, Dredd sort of does some actual investigating and finds out that a trio of con men recently bought, like, one of these portable face change machines. Which so you'd bring- think, like, you'd, you'd have some sort of law, not unlike acquiring guns or something, where it's like, oh, you're a criminal. You can't buy a face change machine. <laughs> Man, what if you got a weird face and you need to change it, though? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dread brings it. Uh, so Dread arrests them and takes them in for, or no, he doesn't arrest me. Just takes them in for interrogation, and then uh, until Manny Bloom, the crookedest lawyer on the moon, who has the uh, the face of character actor and acromegaly sufferer Rondo Hatton. But he doesn't have a special face that was made through a face generator. He actually looks like that guy, but is not that guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one of these things that's just kind of like a fun thing that I yeah, guess. Exactly. 
I think it's just like it, maybe like Brian Ballin just got one of these things that lets you like project an image onto a page. So you can then sort of color it in and then kind of be like, or, you know, ink over sort of the projected image and be like, all right, I've drawn like this like super accurate picture of this character. <laughs> and Rondo Hatton seems like a cool guy to do it just because he's got this really, um, like acromegaly kind of means that parts of your, of, of your bones and stuff kind of keep growing throughout your life. And so he's got this really distinctive, like, um, like, like, like knobby, weird looking face. That's really, that's, that, that's pretty cool, actually. And like, you know, yeah. sort of he- helped him in his roles in, um, in movies as being sort of a big bad guy, just because people kind of looked at him and were like, oh yeah, this guy is evil. Just look at his face, you know? Yeah, over accentuated features and things like that. Yeah. So Manny Bloom yells at, dr- at a dread about procedure, which is really weirdly like 20th century for dread, you know? It's mm. like, my guys have rights. You can't just hold them without arresting them and stuff, which seems odd. But anyhow, yeah. in the end, dread goes undercover by using a face change to look like the lawyer, and he gets them to confess on tape and then takes them in. <laughs> Like, it's all very, like, sort of standard cop stuff, which is unusual for the future cop stuff of Judge Dredd. Yeah. Like, why not just arrest them and say, like, I think it's you? It's it's neat the way that he does it. I think it's weird that he uses actual tape, like a yeah. tape paper. That, that part's true for sure. But, like, you know, I think it's, like, Judge Dredd does work within the law, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't just make things up or do things capriciously for the most part. He just enforces the law sort of as it exists. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, sort of it could seem like he's being tough, but he just he's try to, tries to enforce it evenly. So if there's law, if there's rules about sort of not arresting people or just sort of, you know, just arresting people for just because they, they, he suspects them of doing it instead of there being proof. <laughs> Like I could see that sort of stymieing him, you know. He's got to, you know, he's got to find proof to be able to fairly judge somebody. You know what That's I mean? That's the difference between us and the Sov cities, man. We're yeah, exactly. A bunch of commies. Exactly. Basic. I mean, <laughs> literally true. Yes. <laughs> hey, man. Like I'm, I, I know you meant I that sarcastically, but no, that's that's like that. That's what the difference is. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Like, I mean, we've already seen the proof, so. Like, they're both sort of fascist states, but, like, one at least tries to go through the motions of justice, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Um, so, the uh, the fourth story is, like, there's this dude, he's he's finally bought his dream sci-fi supercar, and he A gives his... son. Yeah, well, he gives the, the sci-fi supercar an artificial intelligence personality of, like, a ten-year-old kid... So the car, like, calls him dad and stuff. Really weird fetish. Something. But so uh, the the guy who owns the car, he drops a wrench into the car and by accident messes up the circuitry of the car. And now the car's on a rampage. Yeah, man. Killer car time. Yeah. It runs through Luna 1. It kills tons of people. And Judge Dredd is out for blood car blood because you know it's also nominally a robot and we know how judge dread feels about robots hey man it ain't got a soul you gotta destroy it mm. so elvis who which is the name of the car drives drives around through the city uh goes to a car park <laughs> makes an and, army 
and basically drives through this parking lot, ripping out the uh, "Don't go on a kill crazy ram- go on a kill crazy rampage" uh, parts of all the cars. And Which, now all these now all these cars are going to join him on a kill crazy rampage. I just having a part that stops that. I feel like just don't put the kill part in in the first place. You know, you'd think so. But, Maybe that's uh, what makes like all robots super useful. Is like, well, we have to program in the kill circuits because if we don't, then they can't do all the other cool things. I mean, they have a really advanced artificial intelligence, so it's just sort of their, their, you know, just like with humans, buddy. It's just their conscience and like feelings of uh, mercy and empathy and stuff that keep them from running around killing everybody. You know. Episode sixteen, progs fifty-four to fifty-seven. March 1978. Thrill 4, Judge Dredd. I have no ocean puns for this. Nope, this one's all above water, on the moon. Oh, man, Tidal Forces jokes, I'm so stupid. (sighs) Anyhow, there's killer cars everywhere. (laughs) Oh, God. Elvis, though, Elvis the killer car, the the ur-killer car, uses the rampage of the other killer cars uh, as cover. And he drives through like a shopping mall stealing toys and calling himself the gingerbread car. He's basically just a little kid, a murderous little kid in a giant killer car body. It's really not the best, especially given that he doesn't super care about what happened to the other cars that he made sentient. Well, they were all sentient. He took away their sense of right and wrong. Oh, God. I mean... But then they all got melted. Yeah, the judges dropped the boom on them, hitting them all with corrosive acid spray, basically just turning them all into a big pile of mush. But yeah, Elvis is still on the loose. This is not great for all the other cars of the kingdom. Oh, uh, you know. Elvis lays low in a human couple's apartment, and Dredd calls, draws him out by taunting him on TV news. Which I thought and was pretty smart. Yeah, it works, but too well, because Elvis leaves and then is on the loose in the old tunnels under Luna 1. When Dredd comes home for the night, he finds Elvis waiting for him, and takes and Elvis takes Dredd hostage. In, like, the weirdest way possible. Yeah, well, with Dredd taken hostage, Elvis forces Luna 1 to do, like, a big parade in, in his honor, in the honor of Elvis the murderous car. <laughs> Dredd eventually... They go really all out. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in honor of Elvis. I would, I would just let Dredd die, I gotta say. This yeah, I mean... But eventually, Dredd uses this parade as a distraction to activate the ejector seat in the car and explode out to safety. Then Elvis is melted down by Corrodo Gunners. Which is super sad. Also, uh, there was an accounting in this comic. Like, before we end this this portion of the like mm-hmm. car thing, right? Yeah. They were talking about casualties. Wait, no, the casualties one is for the next story. Is it? I thought yes. that was all from the car story. Mm-mm. Oh no, you're right. Alright, never mind. But that yeah. one's also okay. Yeah, so. the next story is pretty pretty amazing. So, you know, we're in this moon base, it's all in domes and stuff. So a bunch of bad guys pump trank gas into the air of the entire Luna One colony, which knocks out the entire city. The bad guys are able to steal stuff without any problems, and the judges have to deal with all the automated system of Luna One's doing of Luna One doing tons of damage. So, like, you know, it's all these motivate. 
like elect, like automatic walkways that people pass out on and then just form big piles and everybody gets crushed. Like there's there's trains running and the operators of those trains are all passed out so they can't like break and like control the train. It's like literally like they're about to fly into things and stuff. And just there's a ton of like massive like damage done throughout the city. I'm just saying like four people we're all right killing 53,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In With the end, half a million injuries. Yeah. That's the death toll. 53,000 people dead and half a million injured. They basically, because it's this entire, like, the entire colony was knocked out, you know? Yeah. The perps count their spoils in their apartment, but uh oh, they've locked the door behind them and they haven't paid their oxygen bill. So all the air is pumped out of the room. They die with their ill-gotten gains. Found by Dread three days later, only a fool bucks the oxygen board. Man, I really, I actually liked their this one-off more than I liked the kind of Killer Cars um, multi-part. I can see it. The Killer Car one was kind of ridiculous and stuff. This one really kind of gives you a, an interesting sense of what Luna 1's like. And then sort of creates a world that ends up actually being killing them. You know, so because like... Judge Dredd kind of helps save people as a result of this thing, but he doesn't actually do the justice and stuff. Yeah. Like, there's no, you know, Judge Dredd doesn't kill anyone this month, and our kill count, which I made after last week's episode, <laughs> still stands at a solid 45. That's 45 from Prague 1 to Prague um, 57, in- including the sci-fi special in the annual. And I'm not counting robots or... Um, <laughs> I'm not counting robots or other non-living things in that kill count. I am counting monkey gangsters, though, so just so you know. I I think that's fair. Yeah. We forcibly gave them sentience. (laughs) But yeah, I thought the, yeah, Jetra was okay. Like, yeah, I agree that the the oxygen board one is a better one than the killer car one. Yeah, it's just the, the world, like, kind of getting back at them is sort of an interesting thing. Like, no one can really escape the future and how many people just fucking die in the future every day. And I enjoy when bad guys get their comeuppance. These guys were bad guys. Oh, big-time bad guys. And they definitely got a comeuppance. Yeah. And get to, they, they lost their key in their giant pile of looted horde. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, it, it killed them, which is fine. Yeah, I like it. Hey, speaking of people getting their comeuppance. Episode 17. Progs 58-62. April 1978. Thrill 4. <laughs> Judge Dredd. So, Adorable. We start, we start this, these progs basically with a day in the life of uh, Judge Dredd on, on the moon. P.S. It sucks. I, I think there's a pre- some pretty cool Dredd, uh, Judge, Judge Dredd stuff. Like, yeah. He catches a guy who's jumping off a building and then arrests him. <laughs> and then he finds a lady who says, who like um, questions him on it and stuff, which I think is the ultimate. For me, the ultimate Judge Dredd thing as always, like where you're getting mugged and he takes down the muggers, but then he also like arrests you for inciting a mugging, you know? <laughs> like for me, that's like, yep, like this is, uh, this is what we're looking for, you know? Yeah, it's like a character just saying, if you can steal my purse, you'll win $50, blah, blah, blah. And then someone actually steals it and then they're like, oh, God. Right, except he's like, no. You're just walking around all day, you know? But, mm-hmm. uh, but then he sort of, you know, he, uh, finds a guy in the highway who's driving too slow and he bans him from driving which 
would make my mom love Judge Dredd forever. <laughs> and he just takes down a bunch of random criminals around the city uh, and then eventually ends his day falling asleep in his chair at the judge's station. Justice brought to another gang of Luna City jerks. Oh, man. And in that one, by the way, uh, what's the judge's name? It's a Judge Rico, Judge, uh, you know, the one I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, I, did they say his name? I forget. Yeah, they, they gave both of them names. So there are, uh, there are comical... Oh, Judge Mex, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are comical... Uh, mariachi judges. Mariachi judges. I've seen them I was before. To... Yep. Uh, they are amazing, but they don't normally speak. <laughs> the dialogue that they gave that guy was pretty mm-hmm. pretty on the edge. Yeah, he's like, you know, you break the law, stinker. You know, you don't got no right to expect mercy from Judge Dredd. From your Dredd. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes sometimes. I you gotta know. have Hispanic judges on the moon, I guess. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Amazing. Next up. So at that point, it's time for Judge Dredd to return to Earth at last. It's a pretty, there's a pretty funny opening thing where it's just Judge Dredd in uniform, but still just kind of walking down the streets of New, of, uh, of Mega City 1 as people commit um, crimes around him. And he's like smiling. and like, hey, good day, citizen. Have a good one. Yeah. Mellow greetings and so forth. But then he gets he gets sworn back in and he's just a hurricane of justice. <laughs> Takes down a whole bunch of people, kills a couple, uh no good no good perps, all that stuff. And it turn and he explains when asked that hey, he hadn't been sworn in yet. He he wasn't an officially a judge in Mega City One yet. And even and being a vigilante is a crime, I'll have you know. So he had to wait till he was official before he could start in- enforcing justice. Well, what I what I find funny about this one is that you get the sense that like if he's not on duty, like he's actually a pretty happy dude. He's like he gives people pointers. He's like, hey, you should file this thing because you're getting robbed, and hey, you guys shouldn't think about robbing this. It's very much against the law, but hey, you know, have a good day. See you yeah. later. I mean, the problem is that you know. He's on a, an advanced sleep cycle, so he only sleeps for like twenty minutes, and then he's back on. The, and then he's always on duty. You know, that's oh, the hard God. part. <laughs> he only sleeps for twenty minutes. I forget how long, but there's things in like the Judge HQ that like lets you get a full night of sleep in a really short period of time. Jesus. But so next up, uh, there's sort of two stories going on at the same time. Uh, Dredd tracks down a firebug and the guy. He's like an arsonist guy, and it turns out that he's doing it for the insurance money. Uh-huh. At the same time, uh, Walter, the world's only free robot, burns his freedom papers and re-enslaves, and re-enslaves himself to known robot hater Joseph Dredd. <laughs> What's going on with this comic? <laughs> uh, it, that was like, why did this get thrown in there? I don't know. It's some weird character development for, for Walter, and as someone who, man, who hates Walter a lot... Um, this is getting into some BDSM shit, man. It was it was weird. I didn't like it. Anyhow, <laughs> let's let's get out of this. Let's leave this place. Great stuff. 
Um, I've said it before, but these early dreads are extremely formative. I don't know if I can even really recommend a new reader start with Case File 1, just because dread feels so different from the versions of dreads to come. Still, it's a lot of fun to see these early stories play out, and to see the humble beginnings that will someday sprout into such an enduring character. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Titch, or the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. The 2080 forums are our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000. You should be there. And feel free to rate, review, and recommend us to an interested friend. This show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, Zane Kipmiller, and your friends at the 2080 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's our podcast network. And now that we've established a bit about who Dredd is and what he does, it's time to take this show on the road. Case File 2 is the tale of two epics, as first Dredd heads out to the cursed Earth and then has to deal with problems at home when the evil Cal becomes chief judge of Mega City 1. It'll be exciting, and I hope we'll see you there on the next Case File Collection. And until then, I'm Conrad from Space Spinner 2000, wishing you a happy Splendid Earth